Greetings, Internet listeners. This is Mr. Announcer with The Complacence Podcast. The Complacence originally aired from September 1995 to June 1996, live on WNUR-FM, Evanston, Illinois. On this week's episode of The Complacence, it's the start of a bizarre new story arc, as The Complacence are in outer space, and Adrian Creamsicle has to fake his way through a magazine interview with the band. Meanwhile, the Major League Super Crime Busters discover trouble at the car wash. The next voice you hear is coming to you from March 30th, 1996. Martian rhyme, it's Martian, Martian time. This is WNUR Freeform, where the complacence, sketch comedy for the modern generation, is coming up soon. And this evening at Northwestern University, this group is playing, and I hope they play this song. Here's They Might Be Giants. The exciting sketch comedy of The Complacence. Coming up soon, right here on WNUR Freeform. Now, The Complacence, starring The Complacence. Everybody hop inside, around the world on a magic ride, big time adventure and fun, rock and roll music for everyone, so take my hand. silver beacon, a small metal object careens through the morning sky, continuing a flight which has lasted two weeks. That is to say, it's a relatively small object because it contains over ten human people, and it has only been in flight for two weeks from our perspective, for to the people within they have only been airborne for a long two minutes, hurtling in a low orbit over the planet Earth. What the gee hell is going on? Calm down, Mr. Creamsicle. This escape pod is carrying us safely away from Swami Salami's exploding fortress. Are you sure it's carrying us safely? What do you mean, safely? Are we safe in this thing? It is safe, isn't it? I'm... Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, how are we going to land? Oh, uh, well, I, I... I think I can answer that. Oh, you think so, little lady? You think you know more about this sort of technology than me? Well, go ahead, lady. Let's hear it. Well, look out that window. You see the ground coming up at us? 
That's how we're landing. Thanks for clearing that up, Alanis. All right, everybody. We've reached impact. Now, everyone get off of one another and make sure you're okay. Check. Check. Okay. Quantum mechanic, blow open the hatch. Check. Now, everybody find your buddy, and we'll just single file out of this pod and find out where we've landed. Gee, gosh, what a day this has been. We get kidnapped by that swami salami. We only get killed in an explosion. We crash land in this big steel bubble. At least we had a relatively soft landing. Oh, my God! Ew! My, my, my Lord! Well, that explains why our landing was so soft. We landed on a goddamn cow. Hey, that's my cow you landed on there. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Farmer. Oh, poor cowie. Oh, shucks, that's all right. She was a diseased cow anyway. What kind of disease did it have? No, don't tell me. That's right. It had chicken pox. Such a shame. Oh, well. Benevolent girl, fix everybody a glass of milk. Farmer, have you seen another escape pod land nearby? Well, let me think. Nope, not lately. What? That's the escape pod with the complacents on board. We couldn't have landed. Do you think they went off into another direction? They went in another direction, all right. What do you mean, Curtin? I just checked the instrument panel in the pod. The complacents have gone... They've gone... Yeah? They've gone... I just can't say it. Oh, my head. What's going on here? Why is everyone knocked out? Oh, wait, that probably has something to do with my aching head. Where are we? Last thing I remember is... Oh, wait, we're in that escape pod. We must have crash-landed somewhere. Let me just look out the window. Hmm, it sure is dark out. But look at that beautiful full moon. Hey, wait, it's not a full moon, it's waxing gibbous. Unless... We must have been knocked out for some time. Let me check my watch. Rats, apparently it was broken when we crash-landed. I'll just open the door and see where we are. Wait! Out the window! Behind the moon! It's... The Earth! Oh, my head! Jenny, wake up! Wake up! We're in space! Huh? What? Big, wake up! Wake up! We're in space! Huh? We're in space? Gunner! Gunner! Gunner? We're in space? How did we get in space? Where's Gunner? How did we get in space? Where's Gunner? Gunner! Gunner! Where is he? Go unconscious for one minute and see what it get us into. Well, you couldn't have gone too far. Where are you, you freaksicle? Uh, no, Adrian was in the other escape pod. Where are you, Gunner? You'll answer for this! Fred, what's going on? I'm not sure, Fig, but it seems that while we were passed out, Gunner somehow got us in orbit around the Earth. Well, what evidence of that do we have? Well, first of all, we can observe that we're floating in a zero-gravity environment. Also, we can see that many of these flight controls have been tampered with. Most notably, the navigation control has been switched from autopilot to manual. Well, based on these observations, we can reach a valid empirical conclusion. I found him! I found him! He's in the can. We're all in this big tin can. No, I mean he's in the john. He's inside of you? No, like, in the head. He's inside your head? For crying out loud, Fig, how many different ways does he have to say it? Gunner's in the water closet. Oh, well, let's have a look then. Oh, you want to see this? Take a gander. 
Gunner, what are you doing? He's got his face stuck in that contraption. Is he conscious? I can't tell. He's got the he's got his whole mug stuck in the uh the uh human waste disposal. The crap sucker. Is that trademarked? Why don't we see if we can pull his face out of there? I don't know. I mean, this thing is designed to fit over the groin area, but his face seems to make a pretty tight fit. It doesn't seem to be turned on anymore. I guess the suction was strong enough to wedge him in there. But not before we managed to hit the off switch. We'll need some help getting him out of there. Help? That's right. Why don't we try radioing for help? Why not, indeed? Get me on the horn! Uh, let's see. It's right out here by the flight controls. I think I can operate it. What the hell is that? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it's Houston. No, I mean that object outside the window. Yikes, I don't think that's Houston either. It's so big and strange. Beautiful, yet frightening. I think I've seen it before, somewhere. I recognize it. It's Saturn. The planet Saturn? Yeah. Don't you recognize its distinctive banded structure? So that sound on the radio, that must be Jupiter's decameter radio emission. Uh, hold on a second. My very innovative mother just sent... Holy smokes, we're not in Earth's orbit. We're on our way out of the solar system. Are you sure? Yes, we're passing Saturn and soon we'll be encountering Uranus. Shut, shut up, big. What? Come on, Fred. You've got to get on that radio and try to contact Earth. What's the point? We've already passed into the interstellar medium. Our signal won't reach the Earth for 30 minutes. By the time their response reaches us, hours will have passed. We'll be old men by the time we explain who Swami Salami is. That may be, but damn it, Fred, it's the only shot we've got. Oh, fooey, I'll do it. Hello, planet Earth. Hello. Hello? I don't think it's any use, Fig. Wait! Someone's responding! On the radio! You hear that? What the hell is that? Now that there is the most beautiful
beautiful. Oh, say, what wonderful music. Screw the music. I'm talking about the hot mama outside the escape pod. Hot mama? There can't be any. Whoa, check out those gams. Why don't you come on out? Yeah. Yeah, I'll come out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, no, we'll die in the vacuum of space. Then why don't you let me in? Yeah, we'll let you in. No, if we open the hatch, we'll depressurize and be killed. Oh, shucks, man. That totally blows. You better let me in. You'd better let her in. I'm sorry, we can't. I am a being of great power. She's very powerful. Let me in. Let her in. I'm sorry, we just can't. Fine, then I'll just teleport in. Me too. Wow, they appeared right inside the cockpit. What can I do for your space babes? We are in need of your assistance. We need your assistance. That's enough news. Okay then. Did you bring us all the way out here into space? No. Didn't you come out here to help us? No, we're stuck in a runaway escape pod. A runaway escape pod? Why didn't you just turn it around with the flight controls? Oh, uh, I never thought of that. Well, no matter. Your fuel supply is insufficient for the trip. And furthermore, whether you've come as with as reinforcements or not, we could use your assistance. Our assistance? With what? I'll tell you. I am Siren, heir to the throne of the Intergalactic Federation of Empires. I certainly claim my birthright, but my rule was overthrown by the evil space czar, Marshal of the Federation's military forces. Now I'm leading a small but scrappy rebellion to reclaim a peaceful leadership from the forces of evil. It will be a long, difficult battle, and the very fate of the, uni of the universe hangs in the balance. Well, what do you say, guys? I've never been known to let the universe down. Well, as long as we're stranded a couple of light years from home, all right! Complacence Unite! Unite. Excellent. <laughs> You're listening to The Complacence on WNUR. And now, wake the children up and gather them around the radio. It's time for another exciting installment of everybody's favorite superhero crime drama musical detective comedy, The Curtain. Last time on The Curtain, Curtis Hambones, a.k.a. The Curtain, with the assistance of Fred James of The Complacents and Dr. Patriot and Bucky of themselves, liberated The Complacents and the rest of the Major League Super Crime Busters from Swami Salami's fiendish clutches. Two weeks have passed since this very important battle, and now the heroes relax in a way that only heroes can. Eight ball in the corner pocket. Curtis, Mr. Shammy's doing it again. Oh, let him have his fun, Debbie. He's been under a lot of stress lately. Now, damn! I missed again. Your turn to tea off, Curtin. You got chalk dust all over that tea. I tried to absorb it with my chamois, but then I remember that absorbing powder makes me dry out like a mofo. Well, and it also happens that you're not wearing your chamois at the moment. Great Scott! Am I naked? No, you're in civilian clothing, just like me and Debbie here. And don't call us Curtin and Mini Blinds. The patrons of the Cashew Grove Country Club are bound to put two and two together and realize that they equal four and four and that we're the superheroes. But I'm, I'm, I'm nothing without my chamois. Oh, baloney. I'm less than baloney. Without your chamois, you're Stanley Chamois, a car wash operator. Ah, uh, yes. The old car wash. I don't spend much time uh, with my alter ego, Stanley. I bet that old car wash is closed down by now. Actually, I think it's still open. 
What do you say we go there after we're done here and see if it's still around? Well, yes. I should probably stop in to see what's going on. It certainly has been a long time. Meanwhile, at the 19th hole, Benevolent Girl, Announcer Man, Super American, and Furry Kitten sit sipping Coors Light. Not just any beer, mind you, the cold, creamy taste of Coors Light. The better the batter, more sharper, less flatter, less bitter, more butter, the better the beer. Mmm, I certainly do love Zima. I get babes by drinking Keystone. Meow, meow. I'm too young for beer. I'm drinking scotch. Hey, check out that babe over there. She's all American. Dig those hooters. Should I go over and influence her with my announcer powers into having a torrid affair with me? No. I think I'll go and woo her with my amazing ability to recite interesting facts from United States history. Uh-oh. It looks like Furry Kitten has beaten both of you to the punch. Meow. Meow, meow, meow. I'm a Sagittarius. Why? What's in store for me? Meow, meow, meow. 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 You're on. I love hairy men. Well, so long, Furry Kitten. He'll be back. He needs a ride home. Oh, bartender, another bud, please. Say, I wonder where Lady Victory and Quantum Mechanic are. I think they were headed toward the gym. Meanwhile, in the gym, there doesn't appear to be much happening. In the locker room, nope, where are they? Aha, uh -huh. meanwhile, in the ladies' sauna. Can I take off this latex disguise now? I feel ridiculous. I told you, not until we're alone in here. There aren't supposed to be any men in here. Well, you see those two women over there? Yes, I see them. The one on the right is a guy in a wig. No, that's a woman. No, it's a man. How can you tell? Give away one. Chest hair. I have chest hair. You're not every woman. Give away two. Look at that body. That's not a woman's body. Look at the muscles. That's got to be a guy. Give away three. The awful makeup. What a horrible disguise. The woman he's with is pretty hot, though. Kind of like this latex costume. I got to take it off. Say, now there are two men over there. Uh-oh. That's a mirror, you idiot. Oh, uh, so we are alone after all. So you want to, like, uh, do it? Drop dead. Meanwhile, back on the course. 59, 60, 61, 62, 63, 64. 64, Debbie. That one was tough. I might actually win this game. Cause game. Chipmunk on the green. Scott, do you... Get out of here, Chipmunk. Go play with Simon and Theodore. One more hole to go. The last one's always the hardest. Ah, one. Hole in one. I stand corrected. Hole in one. And that's a hole in one for me too. Do we like? Do we like it coupons or something? Nope, Debbie. But we do get to go to the nineteenth hole for some alcoholic beverages. I could go for an alcoholic beverage right now. Well, you can't have any because it's your turn to drive the official Major League Super Crime Busters rental school bus back to our headquarters. Why can't Benevolent Girl drive it? She's not old enough to drink. She's not old enough to drive either. Hey, gang. Say hey, Mr. Shammy. Who won? Well, um, Curtis had the most points, but and lost the most balls. Debbie, well, she's a better superhero than a golfer. Fantastic. Hit me with another gin and tonic. Why are you drinking, Benevolent Girl? You're underage. Suddenly, Benevolent Girl is pregnant. I knew someday that I would pay for my drinking this way. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah? Whatever? 
Those are hardly announcerly things to say, announcer man. Haven't you noticed, Shammy? I'm taking a break from announcing. Too much of that can wear out a guy. And I, the super American, while as patriotic as ever, am taking a break from waving the flag to enjoy myself. Don't you ever enjoy yourself, Mr. Shammy? Well, I... Of course he does. In fact, we were just talking about visiting his old car wash on the way back to headquarters. Yes. Say, that's a great idea. I hate that bastard. Why, it's Lady Victory. And, and she is clad only in a towel. I would like to leave now. Baby, wait. It must have been the steam in our kissy face that smeared your makeup all around. And I looked at the, I looked at that mirror. It was no ordinary mirror. That was one of them funhouse mirrors that, that makes you look male. Get away from me, you grease monkey. But you're my girl. Not anymore. What? Maybe I should go out with that nice boy from the complacence, Johnny Angelo. He likes my body. No, no, he's a scumbag. He called me hot. Mama. His sperm have six legs and dwell in dirty kitchens. He said I have nice hooters. I tell you that all the time, baby. Well, he's so much more sincere. Well, I hate to break this up, but it's about time we headed back to the old headquarters. We've got to feed and water Chet, the man-god. And stop in my car wash along the way. Oh, all right. Major League Super Crime Busters roll call. That curtain. Mini blinds. Mr. Shammy. Announcer man. Super American. Benevolent girl. Quantum mechanic. And I'm Lady. Wait a minute. Where is Furry Kitten? Why, he's getting lucky. All right, let's go, everyone. And so the Major League Super Crime Busters board their yellow bus and zoom off down Highway 94 en route to Manhattan. So, Curtis, what's new with you? Well, since we defeated Swami Salami by trapping him in the eternal maze with no exit of doom and put his criminal cohorts behind bars, things have been pretty smooth sailing. Except for the fact that my crotchety and suspicious old landlady, Mrs. Hugglebum, revealed to be Swami Salami's daughter, was screaming that she was going to evict me the next time she saw me in her apartment building. So I haven't gone back. Uh, Dr. Patriot and Bucky, uh, they have the apartment next to mine. Well... Tell me that she's been, uh, they tell me that she's been waiting around my door with a double-barreled, sawed-off shotgun. Um, Dr. Patriot, didn't Bucky live next door to you? Yes, they moved in with Sir Lancelot and Lady Guinevere. What became of them? They left for Hollywood. Actually, they're both in the acting business now. Lancelot wears his armor and used car ads, and I understand Guinevere is making a killing in the adult film industry. Come on, honey. That's something you're never going to get to do again. What? From now on, you have to call me Lady Victory, just like everyone else. But, uh, say, what are all these cars doing here? I think we're getting close to the car wash. Yes, we're almost there. Wait a minute. This is the line for the car wash. That's a lot of customers. I move we get out and investigate. And so the Major League Super Crime Busters get out and investigate. Say, uh... They shut down the automatic car wash in favor of hand scrubbing. Did the employees used to be scandally clad females? Why, no, I had one attendant and he was male. Well, maybe this sign explains it. Stanley Shammy's centrally sensational soaking wet bikini babe buffin wash. Say, they added some words to that sign. Stanley, oh hi, Stanley. Oh wow, it's been a really long time since you were here last. Who are you? I'm Kitty, the new manager of the car wash that you hired to run the place in your absence. Are you here to take back the reins? Uh, 
Uh, no, this is more of a nostalgia trip. Boy, the, the place sure has changed, hasn't it? Well, one customer every two weeks just wasn't enough to keep the place open. Since you left with since you left with the magic chamois, we didn't have any special gimmicks to lure in customers. So I hired 90 bucks and females to wash the cars by hand wearing the tiniest of string bikinis. Sure enough, we eventually had guys coming three or four times a day just to watch us watch us wash their cars and get wet. Kitty, I lost my top in the soap bucket. <laughs> well, just cover yourself up with the suds until you can find another one. Well, it sure looks like the cars are getting washed, but are they getting dried? See, there's the rub. Since you took the magic chamois, all we have to dry the cars is this blow dryer and this roll of paper towels. We're almost out of paper towels, and you have no idea how many girls we've had to go to, hospi to, go to hospitals because they've been electrocuting themselves with a damn blow dryer. Kitty, I, I lost my top with the vacuum cleaner sucked it off. Okay, just give the vacuum cleaner to another girl and pretend you didn't notice. So, uh... The customers are dissatisfied with the drying? Well, the men are happy with anything we do. The female customers, on the other hand, often complain about the poor drying. And this blow dryer is not effective. Not as effective as the magic chamois. Hmm. Kitty, I lost my top when the customers were grabbing at me. Well, then let them grab. You're getting $10 an hour plus tips. So the female customers are not happy. Yeah, they usually say they won't come back. Sometimes they apply for jobs, but mostly they say they're going to call Better Business Bureau and, and or the police. Oh no, that's horrible. Women don't matter. Women are half of our customers. Well, the other half of our customers are creating revenues of a hundred times greater than they did before. Here's your share of the dough. But, but their cars are not dried properly. I, I should never have taken the chamois. Say, whatever happened to the attendant I hired? He works as a shoeshine boy now. He's over there, the one without any customers. If you'll excuse me, I need to attend to a customer. Oops, there, there goes my top. Meanwhile, sexy ladies scrub the superhero's bus. Hello, ladies. I'm the quantum mechanic. I'm a superhero. I am Yarna, and this is Simarak. We are from Sweden. We are on the Swedish bikini team. But this is a better gig. What are you talking to these loose women for? We are not loose. Our bodies are well toned from our bikini posturing. Yeah. They're working so diligently, I thought it was worth asking them uh, for to commend their efforts. Look, look, they're scrubbing so hard that their tops came off. They're not scrubbing that hard. Meow! You're right, furry kitten. I should get a job here. Meow! You're right, furry kitten. They'd never hire me because I'm pregnant. Oh, why did I ever drink? Wow, what a place, eh, Debbie? This is offensive. I'm offended. Well, you can take your top off, too. See, all these girls are genuinely losing their tops on accident. If I took mine off, it would be wrong for some reason. Anyway, stop staring at all those girls. Suddenly, a gust of wind blows off Debbie's sweater. Announcer man! I don't know about this announcer man. Hey, I'm not looking. Meanwhile, over at the shoeshine boy. Hello, Buster. Hmm, Stanley. Hmm, Stanley Shemmy. Hmm, it's been a while. Hmm. They moved me from attendant to shoeshine boy because I look awful in a bikini. Hmm. Yes, yes, I heard. Um, why don't you polish my superhero boots while I ponder my dilemma? Hmm, what dilemma is that? Well, this car wash, it, it does a bad job of drying cars. 
because I took the magic chamois away to live a superhero's life. Hmm, all things considered, we're not doing that bad, Stanley. Hmm? Bikini babes and no bikini babes. Hmm. I, I don't want employees at my car wash doing a half-assed job. Hmm. I, I know how... What I have to do, I... I'm going to climb up to the top of the machine marked Danger to make an announcement. Be careful up there. Slippery when wet, you know. Hmm. Attention! Major League Super Crime Busters and employees of Stanley Shammy's Buff and Wax, I, Mr. Shammy, have an announcement. I realize now that I have made a mistake in taking the magic chamois. Therefore, I am going to return the magic chamois to this car wash and resign from the Major League Super Crime Busters. But I am not afraid, because magic chamois, oh no! I am Mr. Shammy! And I will always be, Mr. Oh no, he's fallen into the automatic sponge squeezer. Great, Scott. Mr. Shammy is going through the ringer. Will the Major League Super Crime Busters be able to get him out? Find out next week on The Curtain when you'll hear Buster say... Mmm, yes, mmm, ooh, you're listening to The Complacence on WNUR. Meanwhile, the absence of The Complacence has not gone totally unnoticed at Creamsicle Studios. It sure seems quiet around here with The Complacence away. Away? They're way, way, way away. They're stuck in orbit. I'm sure they can get down. Kevin Bacon got down, didn't he? But that was just a movie. That can never happen in real life. Except it has happened in real life. To The Complacence. Maybe, maybe NASA could help us. Now that's thinking, Blindy. But, uh... Anyone have a Houston phone book? Just call directory assistance. I can't call them again. They hate me. Oh, I know. I'll bet my old pal the general knows someone at NASA. I'll call him and see what he can do. Turn, hunt. This is the general speaking. Uh, it's Adrian Creepsicle. Adrian, how the heck are you? Fine, except you know that band I manage? Yeah, yeah. Great bunch of kids. They're stuck in an escape pod opening the earth. Well, we need a plan to get him down from there, then. That's what I was hoping you could help me with. Uh, do you know anyone at NASA we could talk to? As a matter of fact, I do. General Powell's a good friend of mine. He's been there since the early days. We even named him some of our missions after him. Can you give me his number? I'll do better than that. I have comfort call on his phone here. Let me just set it up, and there we go. NASA, Apollo... Apollo, this is failure. Failure! Can I call you back in a minute? In a little while, you call me at a bad time. There's something unidentified orbiting the Earth, and we're trying to decide if we need to shoot it down. No, don't shoot it down! Who's that? Uh, it's Adrian Creepsicle. He's the manager of a rock group called the Complacents. They performed at the pizza place a few times, and they're orbiting the Earth. A rock group in space? Well, we haven't had anything like that since Buzz Aldrin brought his harmonica on a mission. The thing is, uh, General Apollo, sir, they're not really supposed to be up there. You're telling me it goes teacher, journalist, accountant, podiatrist, and then rock group. No, this isn't an official NASA mission. Oh, uh, good. I was afraid I was missing something. I didn't think we were launching the shuttle until tomorrow, and... Then it's for an experiment to see how easily pages tear out of notebooks in zero gravity. Well, if the shuttle's going up tomorrow, maybe they can stop somewhere and pick up my boys. Are you serious? Do you know what you're asking us to do? The payload bay is full of notebooks. All sizes, all kinds of binding, all colors. 
All these experiments are vitally important for the space station which we're definitely going to be building within 20 or 30 years at the latest. It's just a tiny little escape pod. It's barely big enough for four people. Four people? The shuttle can't carry all that weight and all those notebooks. So after you turn out the pages, just jettison them in a minute of space. We can't do that. We have to carefully study them after they get back to Earth. We'll be doing microscopic analysis of the tearing patterns. Apollo, can't you just do me this one favor? There might be something you could do for Creepsicle's band. Well, I guess we could have the shuttle crew wave to them as they go past. You wouldn't know what altitude they're orbiting, do, do you? I don't know. I think it's pretty low. Good, because the higher you go, the more lethal cosmic radiation there is. Of course, at really low attitudes, you get hit by stray spy satellites instead of stray communication satellites. But both of those are better than getting hit by a meteorite. Uh, what if you had another shuttle mission bring them down? I'm, I'm sure you could fit that in uh, one of the space station experiments. I think all of our shuttle missions are pretty much booked up. Let's see, next month is crickets, the June mission is envelope glue, July is manual typewriters. Oh, wait, we've had a cancellation. Looks like we'll be able to bring them down in October 1998. Unless there's some sort of mechanical problem with one of the shuttles, in which case everything gets pushed back. October 1998? But, but, never mind the fact that their orbit will decay before then. They don't have enough food and water to last that long. Well, that's why we always take more than enough food and water on every shuttle mission. In case the clouds are too heavy or the winds are too strong or at one of the landing sites, we can wait a few hours. I just hope they don't end up eating fig. Figs? They don't have... Then they don't have a problem. We brought figs on some of our missions. In fact, there was one mission where we tried growing figs in space. It didn't work because there wasn't any dirt in the shuttle. Well, you've been absolutely no help. Oh, well, glad I could be your service. Listen, Adrian, I'm going to hang up on you now so General Apollo and I can do a little catching up. Uh, sure, General. Uh, thanks for your help. Uh, you, you could try calling France. They have a space program, too. France? I don't think Gunner would like being rescued by the French. Bing, bing. Funny, I'm not expecting anyone. Hello? Hi there, Mimi Hale from Celebrity Scoop magazine. Oh, that's right, I completely forgot. I'm Adrian Creamsicle. I talked to your editor on the phone. Please, come in and have a seat, Miss Hale. Thank you. Uh, we have a little problem. Uh, I know what you're going to say. It's the same thing you discussed with my editor, and we decided that you were absolutely right. The complacents deserve a front-page feature article. A front-page feature article? That's right. Well, in that case, say hello to Fred James and Fig. Hi, I'm... I'm Fred. Fred. Fred James. Uh, and I'm Fig. Uh, good to meet you. But I thought there were four complacents. <laughs> That's just a common misconception. There's really only two of us. Uh, that Fred always, always making jokes. There are four members of the complacents. Let me go and get the other two. Look up. Uh, the other two? Well, since you two are here, Fred, you were recently fired from Mazes Monthly. How has that affected your life? Um, it... It really hasn't that much... I, I mean, I, I don't have to draw mazes every month, but that's about it. Um, don't you miss drawing mazes? Um, uh, not really. Wouldn't you like to draw a maze right now? No. Hi there, I'm Johnny Angelo. I see the confusion on your face. Adrian and I are two of a set of identical triplets. Gunner is in the studio working on a guitar solo. He'll be out in a minute. I see. I, I was just suggesting that Fred draw a maze for me, since he doesn't get to do it for mazes monthly anymore. But he's a little reluctant. I'm, I'm out of practice. 
Come on, Fred, just draw a little maze. I really don't want to. I'm sure Adrian Griebsegal, the man who signs your salary check every week, would want you to draw a little maze for the reporter. Well, let me see. Uh, where is a piece of paper and a pen? Uh, right in front of you, Gunner. See, even Fig can't keep us straight. <laughs> <clears throat> Oops, uh, but I meant it wasn't in, it, it was in front of uh, Fred, is that right? I found it. Um, now, let me see. While he's drawing that, let's see. Uh, Fig, I couldn't help notice that you sound much different in person than you do on the Complacence albums. Is this some sort of studio trickery? Fig? Me? Oh, right. No, it, it's not a studio trick. It's... Just that when I'm in here, I feel like I'm completely a different person, and that's why I sound different. Oh, uh, there, I'm finished. My goodness, you certainly are out of practice. I, I hope you're not this out of practice on your singing. Actually, I don't sing or play any instruments. I'm sort of in the band accidentally. Me too. You are? No, you're not, Fig. Only Fred is in the band accidentally. Uh, Adrian told me how he found everyone once. Really? How, how did that happen? <clears throat> he owed a lot of money to this record company, so he had to find a new band. He searched the world. He found Johnny, me, on a farm in Arkansas. He found Gunner in the jungle. He found Fig in the big city. And then Fred accidentally signed a contract at the pizza restaurant. Uh, wait a minute. I, I thought you, Gunner, and Adrian were identical triplets. Uh, well, we were long-lost identical triplets. I, <clears throat> I think I'll go see if he's done with that guitar solo. So, Fig, how do you get your song ideas? I just look around me. For example, I could write a song right now about the leg of, of your chair. Or another leg of your chair. Or another leg of your chair. Or a leg of your footstool. What about the fourth leg of the chair? I don't think you could write a song about it. It looks pretty boring. Hi there, I'm Gunner. Mimi Hale, Celebrity Scoop. I know, Johnny and Adrian told me. Uh... They're in the studio, going over some album cover art. Would it be possible for me to see your studio, where the complacence magic happens? No! Uh, Fig's really possessive of his, uh, protective also of his personal space. Isn't that right, Fig? His personal space? Is there something you're not telling me about me? Well, ever since that operation... Wait a second, I, I think I hear Johnny calling my name. Mine too? No, just mine. What's your favorite song that the complacents have done? Row, row, row your boat. That's an interesting song to cover. Cover? Johnny wasn't trying to feed you some sort of weird story about uh, Fig having an operation, was he? No, Gunner was. Right, right. I mean, Gunner. I see that they're my identical triplet brothers, and I still get them mixed up. I can see why. It's not too common for twins or triplets of your age to all wear the same clothes. We have all been wearing the same clothes, haven't we? <sighs> Listen, Miss Hale. I gotta level with you. All right, creepsicle, this is it. We're gonna get the complacent out from space with these. Ah, escape metal, mental patient. Ah! Call the record company and get more information about us. Now that was from pretty fast running. Where did you get that rocket launchers? Lettuce, how did you know those were rocket launchers? The report is gone. You're a lettuce again. I get the army surplus catalog. I got the from Army Surplus, except I can get the powerful kind. We just put a rocket in each one of these and shoot straight up in the stratosphere. Wait a minute, isn't that, what Na isn't that what NASA was about to do? Yeah, but we shot for a glancing blow. 
Just enough to bring him down to Earth. It's so crazy, it just might work. But we'll wait until next week to see them fail, since if you were listening earlier, you'd know the complacents aren't technically in Earth orbit. And we'll also see what kind of cover feature story on the Complacence Celebrity Scoop could get out of that interview. Don't miss next week's episode of The Complacence, just 167 hours from now, here on WNUR Freeform. Stay tuned now for visit exclamation point, the exclamation point, planet exclamation point, of exclamation point, starla exclamation point. (sighs) Back now in the present, here's what's actually coming up on the next episode. The Complacents meet the rest of the Space Sirens' misfit crew, and Adrian, Blindy, and Alanis have to pretend to be the Complacents again, this time in the recording studio. Until next time, this has been the Complacents Podcast. This is Mr. Announcer, speaking. <laughs>